Welcome to episode 328 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me wearing his classic green pumpkin shirt from our friends over there in Philadelphia. Jerk Productions. Wanted to say Circle Jerk Productions because that's where my mind generally is. In the gutter, Russell John, the fisherman. Hey, what's up? How are you doing? <laughs> what is this? Uh, dude, we're recording so late that I actually was able to eat before. I don't oh, like it. Oh, no. I don't like it. You got to stay hungry for the podcast. Yeah, low energy. <laughs> also joining us is Oksana Valerianova Osachi, who has also just eaten. Oksana, how are your energy levels? Um, about average, I guess. All right, thanks so much. <laughs> and checking in from Atlanta, Georgia, is our dear, beloved engineer, Jada Pinkett Snitch, Randy Michael Snitch. What the That's me. Uh, I would say that my energy levels are about the same as usual, which is very low. I did just have some cereal, though. <laughs> Randy, you had cereal at 7P? Uh, yeah, about 6.45, something like oh, that. Oh, fuck. What kind of cereal are you rocking, son? Uh, I don't know, some Kashi oh, bullshit. Oh, God. What the hell's Threw Kashi? Some, Kashi's some fake-ass health shit. Threw some blueberries in there. It, <laughs> all right, now we're talking. It was good. Ugh. I had a turkey club for lunch, though. That's not better. <laughs> From where? Did, did you make it? No, uh, down the street at uh, 97 Astoria. It's a good what, spot. What kind I got of good beer. What kind of bread? Uh, I don't know, just some sort of a white bread, not a sourdough or anything. God, Randy, <laughs> I try to get some nuggets out of you, the river, the river ran out of gold quite some time ago. <laughs> just some white bread. See, you're at a, you're at a Dutch cr- Dutch crunch country now. Boy, was that hard to say. <laughs> there was no bread choice. I just went with the uh, what the doctor ordered. You know. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You go to a sando shop and they don't give you options on bread. It's not really a sando shop. It's a it's like a dive bar that just has food and stuff. <laughs> oh, now we're talking. Yeah. Okay. So one. Oh, I, forgive me. We're now talking to Harry Bukowski on the show. Everybody. I had a midday Paloma. It was nice. A midday Paloma. Now, yeah. If I'm correct, that is vodka and grapefruit juice. I believe it's tequila and grapefruit. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah so you much. fucking pleb. Well, I'm trying to support <laughs> our friends over there. <laughs> the only thing you know is Bloody Mary. I'm not playing the theme. <laughs> oh, you and to, you're not going to say it more than one time. No, you have to say it three times for the theme to appear. <laughs> if I was a bartender, I'd make everyone who ordered a Bloody Mary say it three times in a mirror. Oh, they'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure I wouldn't get any sort of pushback from that whatsoever. Also, weird Dutch crunch country. This is. I didn't realize. You can't go. Dutch crunch does not exist in the rest of the world. What the fuck? Really? Yeah, it's a Bay Area thing. Oh, I thought sourdough was like. It may have. Sourdough is ubiquitous. Yeah, but it, don't we claim to like, I don't know, have invented it or something? I don't know. Well, sure. You know, we, we, we got to do that. You know, the sourdough, the rice aroni. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know? All the heavy hitters. How the homeless. I definitely do the Dutch crunch whenever I can, though. You know, I'm not anti-Dutch crunch, but mm-hmm. boy, does it tear up the old mouth. If it's hard. Yep. You know, Some places have it. It's soft. Yeah, and but, it's that, weird. but the, yeah, the texture. It's yeah. really sugary is the only thing. I don't I'm, a, I'm a sourdough man. 
Yeah, I get it. Although now, you know, I I, I like a nice uh, Dave's Killer Bread. I'm I'm pro Dave's Killer Bread, man. What is that? It's that uh, health shit you get, or Ezekiel no, bread. I don't know. I'm off bread. <laughs> I have some Daves. Dude, I'm just pounding pretzel chips these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, by off bread, I mean I feel guilty every time I eat it. Because I'm not supposed to, but well, I eat it a lot. Bread can wreck you, man. Oh, yeah. Like, if, you, if you're not eating bread, and then you have a little bread, night-night. Well, I think what we have, uh, at least in my reality, I know two more of my friends that are now diabetic, so I'm like, Sugar's a drug, man. I can't. I don't want it anymore. I'm pretty sure I'm in that pre-diabetic range. Oh, dude, I feel like I've been there. I know. You, <laughs> you ever get you ever get tingling in your feet? I used to. I think it went away. Mine's starting to come back a little bit. Uh, you you mean like when you're you get uh what do they call that restless leg syndrome? Is right? that what that is? I think so. I used to get it at the Alamo all the time. I think it might be something with the chairs where, like, I'm in a movie and my leg is bouncing oh, like fucking crazy. My, like, yeah, I'll have like a sharp pain go through my thigh. Yeah, it's almost like you're achy, and the more you move it, it kind of alleviates it. But there's really now. Let's do a quick checkup on Randy's sciatica update. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, how's how's the old sciatica been treating you? Uh, I don't believe it's sciatica. I believe it is something else that I'm forgetting the name of currently. Well, how's um, that doing? How's the <laughs> How are the aids, Randy? How's the Here, here's the thing. <laughs> it does well when it's hot outside or when it's warm, but when it gets cold, the right side of my body doesn't get good circulation. So my right leg, especially, it happens in my hand too. It gets like really like kind of cold and uncomfortable and yeah, it's weird. Raynaud's, that's what it's called. I'm sorry? Raynaud's syndrome is what they <laughs> think I have. Raynaud sounds like a musician. Like he just dropped. Or it uh, sounds like that dive bar you're going to to get club <laughs> sandwiches. Apparently, Paul Shear also has Raynaud's. I found that out on a. Uh, how did this get made? I think he also has alopecia. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, you ready to start this thing? I told. I warned you. I'm like. I feel lo- like it's low. I'm I can. The- I can sense a different energy. I in, don't in like it. I'm gonna here. I'm gonna drink some coffee. I'll do it on mic. So everybody can hear it. Oh, let's, I can live. I can live uh, your life. Podcast sound. Right. Here we go. Oh, no. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I was trying. I was Who embe- drinks coffee like that? <laughs> I was embellishing. That it. was disgusting. Also, you know, at <laughs> work, unnatural. I. It was very unnatural. I'm going to pay for it later. Um. So I've been reading at work regularly, and I only work with two other people. <laughs> <laughs> and dude, when I'm reading. I mean, I love him. It, Eddie, the gamer ghoul on here, he stepped in for Randy like two years ago. That motherfucker, he's one of those guys that goes with his coffee. And I'll be like reading my book, just like glaring at him. Oh, I fucking hate it. Also, I've been reading good books. You guys need to get back on it. I'm 12 into my 50s so far this year. I'm, I don't know if I can read anymore. <laughs> and you didn't finish Wolf in White Van? No. Oh, dude, it's good. I got to finish it. It's a tough read, though. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't mean to take this. Actually, shout out to a graphic novel called Red Room. It's a um, um, a book that Madeline recommended to me, R.I.P. Marvels, last time she was out here for off. And uh, dude, it's all about like people. It's about commerce on the dark web. They're competing for content as they murder people. Uh, on a platform that's called Red Rooms. So it's all people donating in Bitcoin to see people get brutally murdered. Um, 
not very like uh artful in like the storytelling department but man the art and like graphic novel design the the whole um idea behind it was trying to make comic books like an individual comic book worth something mm-hmm. like when you read it because if you try and read like marvel shit you have to buy eight of them to get like an arc in a story and this one they really it, there's it's a great job of uh storytelling i think his name's um ed uh Gain. what's his what's his last name pisker yeah it dude it's fantastic he just came off of like writing for x-men too and it's fucking dark dude it's great um yeah shout out to red rooms and it's an easy read but based off that plot you know uh i would steer people in the direction of just go see money plane uh what <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that was a great movie because that's what that's about no it's terrible all right let's I get the energy it. up um what are we gonna do what, what how does this show work oh we have a guest here right i guess we do. all right are we taking bets today what, what are y'all thinking all right, and the loser of the bet has to go see Morbius. Okay, which I, uh, you know, you're welcome, Terrell. Uh, he was over here, what, on Friday, and we had plans to go see Morbius at like 11, God. and I couldn't do it. I was too tired I'm, that day. Uh, finally, you have some respect for yourself. Yeah, but dude, I know it's going to be fun. No, it's not. <laughs> it's going to be fun. No. It's not going to be good. I can't. Jared Leto playing a goth. I don't want to be anywhere near him, dude. He creeps me out. You liked goth uh, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Why not? uh, He's not Jared Leto. (laughs) I can't. I want to watch that WeWork thing. Although, boy, are we getting heavy on that WeWork shit. Um, What is WeWork? I have no idea. You're looking at me like I'm an idiot for none of that. No, you don't know about WeWork? No, WeWork. (laughs) I mean, I know I work. The guy who invented WeWork is like a crazy person. And it was a sham. And uh, he's a fucking little scumbag, and Leto plays him in a drama series. Oh, we work or the making and breaking of a forty-seven billion unicorn. Okay, yeah, that title's too long. Oh, Hulu, thank you, Hulu. You and your terrible fucking titles. And also, I watched one episode of the uh, what's the turtleneck girl Theranos? Yeah, I can't yeah. remember her name. Holmes. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, she's annoying. Her and her wolf. <laughs> it's uh, Amanda Seyfried is playing her, right? Yeah, she's all right, but I just, I don't care. Yeah, I get it. Um, I can't even remember her name, so bear with me. You know what? Let's, let's, inter- uh, any, any bets on him, what we're getting today? All right. We're going to get the weekend work train. We know okay. that. Okay. What compartments? <laughs> if any. <laughs> I don't think we're going to talk about world peace today. Oh, you'd think he's going non-political. I think we're going weekend projects. I think we're going to get a list of everything that he's working on. Um, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to put my chips on. I'm going to say he's going to say plaster today. Or something, oh. something akin to plaster. It feels like a plastery Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Dad? I think it's a hot take. You think he's over Ukraine already. Yeah, I think so. As well, that's what Hollywood does. Will Smith happened and no one gave a shit about the Ukraine anymore. <laughs> Dude, my phone is fucking tripping. I was going to pull up. I had a good bit here where uh, my phone kept pushing an article on me about Naomi Watts and uh, the girl she uh, acted with in uh, Mulholland Drive. Because I guess that girl had put up an Instagram thing talking shit about her and David Lynch. But like that was the headline of the article. So, of course, in there, it was just like, that's the last time I ever talked to Naomi in this picture, like being like. Very vaguely shady. Clickbait bullshit. Can't find it. And also, those articles have locked up my phone. Thank you. Whatever. Phones are banned during the podcast anyway. 
<laughs> All right. Any other any other guesses? Oksana, what do you think? I do think he's going to mention world peace. <laughs> okay. Always the optimist, Oksana. All right. Let's <laughs> let's bring David right, right, in. Well, Randall, what do you say? Get- I, I can't make any bets. It would be uh, insider trading, so to speak. Oh, my God. <laughs> he briefed me on it earlier. Oh, all right. So then by default, you have to go see Morbius. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, why? <laughs> I haven't even seen The Batman yet, a movie that I would actually maybe like. All right, double feature. Do you want to guess what it's uh, rating at on tomatoes? What? No, we have a guest outside waiting, but uh, I'm going to say 20%. It's like quarterback numbers. 20 and below. I think it's like 70%. It is 17. Thank you so much. Whoa, what? 70 audience, though. I thought I was going way low. Also, I I am pretty sure they announced the sequel already. Wait, wait, what is the audience one? 70. Holy shit. We have no hope in this one. (laughs) It's probably, isn't Jared Leto like shirtless through a bunch of it? It's probably a bunch of women. That's why I want to go see it. I didn't want to just say it out loud, but I was hoping. (laughs) I want to see pasty Jared Leto shirtless he creeps me out fucking sucking the blood out of some dudes <laughs> all right let's, right, let's bring him in let's bring him paint a picture like that <laughs> hopefully from their nipples all right all right david good morning it's april 3 2022 and it's a sunday day two of weekend projects The fun work train (laughs) is running continuously and always fresh coffee in the dining car. Mm -hmm. Today, I'm going to be working with clear pine wood, (laughs) cutting it on a bandsaw. Oh, and putting pieces together for a piece of sculpture. <laughs> Everyone, have a great day. All right. I, I feel like, uh, or by David, I feel like um, you were wrong there. Sculpture <laughs> could be plastered there. Piece of sculpture. Only a piece of it. Right, that's fair. Also, clear pine wood. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck. Were you thinking of clear pine salt, like the spray? No. I, <laughs> oh, I'm the weird one. Okay, yeah. dude. All right. All right. Now here's here's the part I've been dreading. What, he's gonna do arts and crafts with pine salt. <laughs> I knew it was weird. Today, I will be drinking pine salt. Oh, dude, he threw in the use of a buzzsaw, and it gave me a beautiful image of him just chopping two-by-fours. Dude, you know he handles wood. Oh, yeah. I can imagine the music he's got playing, that Crispin Glover shit that you cut from last week's episode. Was it Clown, Clown, Clown? or Clowny, Clown, Clown. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite part of that, and again, last week we talked about playing the song, and we decided not to. And I think Clark... Because it sucks. Well, you thought you had dug up a gem. And I'm like, I think people know about this already. And then Randy's like, yeah, duh. I've heard that before. Yeah, Randy's got the record. <laughs> big, no? big lover head over here, dude. <laughs> God. Donald, Danny, Crispin, others. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, normally, we would go into our our segment that has made our show win multiple awards because we uh, exploit the niche that is found footage horror. But uh, Thomas Burke's been MIA. He came out to the fest. Uh, I hugged him too much. 
I think I broke his collarbone. And he went home, and I thought he would be back digging up found footage flying all over the world. But I don't know where the adventurer is. So he's either in a cave dead holding a VHS tape, or he's just stopped talking to me. I'm joking. Well, we, <laughs> I just had to say, I we, know we know what he's been doing. <laughs> he's been editing 48 movies. Do we, do, uh, when are we going to talk about the one? I don't want to talk. about. Do you want At to? At some point, we have to. All right. I'll stop saying he's dead or he's gone. And uh, he's working a, a long time ago. If you go into Podbean or if you Google the Overlook Hour podcast and put in the Trident, I covered a, a found footage movie that was micro budget and from Barbados. And uh, I enjoyed it. It had a lot of um, CG, like, uh, what do they call that when you buy like CG art? Uh, I can't, I can't think of the thing right now. I ate before the podcast and I'm <laughs> shutting down, but, um, it, it had a lot of like app art. Like if you've got an app and it's like, Ooh, CG monster like and they stock assets. There we go. Thank you, Randy. And, um, that was really the only complaint I had. I mean, it was fun. Uh, don't hold me to what I'm saying right now because I don't remember how I reviewed it before, but, um, that was turned, uh, I was put onto that movie by a former guest host, uh, the Birdman. One of our favorite guests and a collaborator on F5. And he pointed out uh, that a year ago, he turned me on to the movie. And now we're in the movie. It's been cleared. And I think it's actually going to happen. But me, <laughs> Clark, and Randy appear on camera in that film. Now, I'm not going to say what we're doing. Just know it's very highbrow. And we all went to, we took classes to learn how to act. And uh, we crushed it. And I believe the film got picked up based on our performances alone. So now, um, you know, I, I hate bragging because we're just so good at what we do. And uh, it looks really bad when you just come out and say that. So I've been trying not to, but I mean, roll out the red carpet because here we come. Barbados. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Will Smith. <laughs> I mean, if I'm being honest, it is a mostly uh, a black made movie. That is a found footage film. Uh, it's foreign. And then there are three white dumbasses on a podcast yeah. making fun of it. It is completely on brand. And I'm slightly embarrassed, but very excited about it. Yeah. And I don't know when it's going to come out. But if it, I think POV Horror is going to put it out. So it might not be very long. I mean, honestly, if it's done and we get the okay from a former guest Steinberg who runs POV, maybe we'll even show it at the digital fest. Oh yeah. And uh, a five virtual, uh, it's still happening <laughs> more, to, more to come. Um, but yeah, Thomas, uh, love you, man. And honestly, if, if, if you really want to know, Thomas is editing, I think last we talked literally seven movies at the time. And I think he got an offer to play around with some money and make a movie. But part of that deal was you got to fucking finish all this shit. You got to have time to devote to it. So while Thomas is gone, I, uh, you know, I, I really, I sat down, I opened all of my books on cinema and I'm like, I'm going to learn something and I'm going to share it with everybody on the show because you're all busy. You don't have the time to just read like I do. I just fucking devour literature now. <laughs> and I've taught myself the art of cinema. And uh, I've come back. And this one, this you know, Randy, you used to take a pee break during my segment. So this yeah. time I'm like, I'm going to keep Randy here. It's going to happen sometime in the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that cheap beer you were having at the fucking dive bar, dude. And I've come back with a new segment. Did I talk to any of you about this? I know Oksana no. knows. Okay. What is this bullshit? Well, it's actually very highbrow. 
And if you look at my notes, this is going to be, I'm going to be tripping all over this thing. Do you got a guess? No. Well, I've been reading this book, this very critically acclaimed book. Uh Yet it's dealing with cinema in a highbrow way, but we're dealing with an overlooked subgenre. It's called the noir western, Darkness on the Range. You're still on this shit? From 1943 to 1962. So I've created, you know, okay, maybe I, I could workshop the title a little bit. I got a couple of options. But so far, I'm leaning to Ombre dans le désert. Never, All right. Never do that ever again. What? Why? I've been practicing. Computer, help me out. How do I pronounce that? Ombre dans le désert. <laughs> Ombre dans le désert. <laughs> I'm learning. Was that played at half speed? <laughs> <laughs> Now, for all you fucking peasants who watch movies, not film, that translates to Shadows in the Desert. That's my title. It's about Western noir. Also, I've got some fucking cool theme. Here we go. Yeah, I'm, let's start again. Umbre de le désert. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Computer, help me out. Umbre dans it. le désert. Umbre dans le désert. Y'all ready? Here we go. New stinger. When you boil it all down, what does a man really need? <laughs> the noir western <laughs> i don't hate it <laughs> it sucks but it's own brand it's perfect. good job dude that was great i am an audio fucking legend <laughs> <laughs> fucking eagle squirrel <laughs> i really wanted to capture the fucking serious tone of film history Anyway, I promise you this will be like five minutes. Also, I know we're, the supposed, for 15. we're supposed to be a horror show. Again, noir and Western. I personally know people that listen to the show that hate both of those genres. So I'm really going to try and pitch this to you. So here we go. First off, uh, we're talking about a movie called Yellow Sky, directed by William A. Wellman. Do you guys know this director? All right. Didn't think so. I've heard of him. I don't know any of his movies off the top of my head. Now, Randy probably knows because Kubrick and Scorsese both say that uh, some of their favorite films are made by this gentleman. Uh, Most people know him because he won an Oscar for directing and writing the original A Star is Born. Now, this dude was a fucking character, though. Uh, From an early age... He uh, was kicked out of high school. He threw a cherry bomb on his principal's head. He was known around town for stealing cars and joyriding throughout the night in them. Uh, at age 19, he joined the uh, French Legion. The French Legion? I can't remember what it's called. But he, began f- he became a pilot in World War I. He was the original fucking ghost of Kiev, dude. He had a reputation for flying recklessly and just downing a ton of ships. I believe in his uh, air group, there were 287 pilots and 88 of them died. Like this was a pretty brutal war. He actually got downed by an anti-aircraft missile too. landed the plane was injured, but uh, pivoted uh, at the time he was flying with a professional polo player named Tom Hitchcock. And he himself was a professional hockey player. This is one of those like old school Hollywood guys, right? Uh, he started acting, hated it, uh, eventually quit because he slapped an actress on set who was the wife of the director of the movie. Hell yeah. Uh, big name guy, too. I didn't bother writing it down because I just wanted to get through this. But um, this motherfucker decided uh, towards the end of his career that he was going to start doing Western films. So in 1948, 
he made a movie called uh, Yellow Sky. This was a follow to the Oxbow. The ox tie? What the hell the was that called? Incident. The oxbow incident. Yeah. yeah. So he also directed that, which is a uh, a lot of people argue is the first noir western. He also directed a film in 1926 called The Boob. Yeah, he Thank did comedy. So I mean, you know, back at the time they did everything, and he was known for being able to do everything well. And towards the end of his career, he started getting a little artsy. And uh, you know, the book that I'm reading, they cover three of his film: The Oxbow Incident. Yellow Sky and uh, Track of the Cat, which Randy, we got to watch Track of the Cat. That movie, um, again, we're in the era of color, but he wanted to take that budget, that studio budget, and make a color movie that was black and white, which I mean, <laughs> chromatically in the lens, he wanted everything to look black and white. And he huh. used color to kind of like accent shit. And he, he told people like, you know, I've been making movies forever. I don't want to keep doing the same shit. So he wanted to make an artistic film, Track of the Cat. Everybody said it was garbage. But people look back at the cinematography and they're like, hey, this might be one of the most influential movies, period, of the era. But again, we're talking about Yellow Sky. Now, just the plot here, Clark, I think uh, will win you over. We've got a... Here, I'll just read it from IMDb. A pistol-packing tomboy and her grandfather discover a band of bank robber bandits taking refuge in the neighborhood ghost town. Now, this film opens with a uh, gang of dudes, and they walk into a bar. I mean, we're, we're writing the tropes here. They order a bottle of whiskey. Now, the dude at the end of the bar- In pass- the jarro? In the jarro. He passes a shot glass to everybody on the bar by sliding it down the bar. Now, I've watched a lot of Westerns. I don't remember actually ever seeing this happen. It's fucking cool, though. All one shot. Nails it. Shot glass right in front of all of them. Then a couple of them are like, hey, where can I fill up my water? And he's like, hey, there's a well out back, right? We're, we're, we're back in it. 1942. Actually, I think this movie's supposed to take place in like 1867 or something. Yeah, not many Westerns. Are yeah. <laughs> so the dudes go out and uh, guess what? They don't get water. They go and rob a bank. Love it. So they get the fuck out of town. Everybody's riding out. They have a little tagger on. Uh, also, they mentioned that these guys had fought with the North in the war. So, you know, they know what to do, but they're running from the local town garrison and uh, they got nowhere to go except for the Utah salt flats. So now if you don't know what the salt flats are, it's basically a desert of salt, at least from what I understand, which is near impossible to survive in. Also, Russell, is it pretty flat out there? I I heard. Mm -hmm. Um, So they ride out there, despite everybody saying, like, we we can't do this, but Stretch is the leader of the gang here, played by uh, Gregory Peck, who Clark hates for some reason. I don't hate Gregory Peck. When I tried to get you to watch a movie, you're Gregory Peck. Fuck that guy. No, no, Gregory Peck's fine. I don't like uh, the other one. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Who? Who's the other one that worked with uh, Hitchcock a lot that sucks? That worked with Hitchcock? And he was a Western dude, or? No, not Western. You don't like Jimmy Stewart? No, I love Jimmy Stewart. Cary Grant. Cary Grant sucks. Okay, nobody really likes Cary Grant. Cary Grant blows. He's okay, but he looked too old for a lot of the roles he played, I thought. Like, even in Rear Window, I'm like, he should be George Clooney's a better Cary Grant than Cary Grant. Eh, He's kind of got the same thing going on. Anyway, uh, so they ride out into the um, salt flats, and they're uh, dying. And it's grim. And, um, again, we're talking about noir western, and... It's kind of a mash of the two tropes, which honestly, a Western noir should be almost an oxymoron because they're so different in every approach. 
And just from like traditional cinema juxtaposition, like one deals in high noon, the other is in urban like shadow, like everything from the happy endings and romance of the Western to the like black widow and despair of the noir. This film, you, you pick it up pretty quick as this gang is, they're not nice and you're kind of like who's our lead here like if you know gregory peck you're kind of like okay he's probably it but he's not a nice guy so when they stumble upon a town that is clearly distorted and it's called yellow sky uh you wonder where it's gonna go because they all drop in front of the saloon and uh are they're they're starving and they're gonna die of dehydration and then uh a little girl pops out with a gun and her name's mike (laughs) If you want to know how bleak this is, our heroine is named Mike. And uh, she tells him where a watering hole is. And the rest of this movie is a, it's a dance between this gang of dudes who are like, why the fuck is this girl here with her, with her uh, grandfather? And why? Like, what are they doing? They turn out there, there's a gold mine in the town. And these two got a lot of gold. So it becomes a rapey. Robbie, uh, romance. It's uh, th- there are no good guys in this film. You know, Bitcoin is gold two point <laughs> There's a lot of Bitcoin in them hills. That's right. And uh, this shit is fucking cool. Um, it's weird because I know Randy. He's he's a cinema expert over here, and he's very aware of the pre-code Hollywood, right? And then we enter the code. Uh, what hazed is the dude where it became an oppressive. You have to have a happy ending kind of era. And watching this movie, which was in the Hayes era, I'm like, God, I feel like you couldn't make this movie now. And it's strange to think that we're back in a like a coded cinema era. Uh, except we're, we're in a coda. We're in a coda. Thank you so exactly. much. Exactly. Nice. Dude, good job. But I mean, it's it's self-appointed. Like like nobody oh I I mean Hollywood is kind of pushing it with all the Oscar changes. Everything's very PC now. And it was pretty refreshing watching this movie. Um, beautifully shot too. There's a um, everything like just a gang of dudes in a ghost town harassing a like family trying to make their money. I don't know, dude. It's so bleak and it's so beautifully shot. And um, it was filmed in fucking Death Valley, which that might not mean anything to you if you're listening. But like normally the deserts they shoot in are not as like dire as death valley it gets very fucking hot out there and apparently all the cast complained uh they were complaining about scorpions and and spiders too yeah they saw yeah there's a lot of tarantulas out there also speaking of death valley um that's in the zeitgeist now because uh the undertaker uh nominated into the pro wrestling Hall of Fame <laughs> you know i used to think death valley was fake because he was from there I thought it was akin to like parts unknown. That's fair. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, I live in the same state. <laughs> we just drive around it all the time. I don't know. Randy, I highly recommend this to you. Um, I think you'll yeah. dig it for sure. But well, I, know, I don't get no love out here. Dude. I, I, I don't, just don't think you'll watch it. Um, I, I do think you'd like it, though. If you gave it a chance, there's a lot of cool shit. I don't want to ruin it, which sounds weird. I know it's it was made fucking 80 years ago or something, but it's on YouTube for free, so it's a very low bar to get in. There are two full uh, versions of this on YouTube. Do the one that's 20 minutes shorter. The other one has a post-credits like music. What the hell was it? It was like 
think it was like a soundtrack or something. There was, no, it wasn't a soundtrack. It was like a weird medley. It was like yeah. songs to accompany the movie. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking weird. Don't watch that. Randy, one. do that one. But Randy, when I watched it on YouTube, I felt weird. Like normally when I watch a movie, yeah, I, even if it's on streaming, I don't. There's a different feel to it when I hit play. When I was on YouTube, it felt like I had a more casual interaction with it, which I didn't sure. like. I yeah, don't. No, I get that. Wait, why? Why is that? I have no idea. I don't know. I've never really. I think I've tried to watch like things that are hard to uh, see on YouTube before, and I kind of felt the same, and I like didn't finish it. Yeah, I. So this one, I, I I made a point of it. I tried to treat it like uh, I don't know film school or something. I just really wanted to sit down and pay attention. And uh, through the first ten minutes, it was just like I had I had to get over the mental hurdle that was on YouTube. It's fucking weird. Anyway, um, the transfer looked great though. It looked beautiful. Thank you. It did. It looked beautiful on YouTube too, which I did not expect. Um, but yeah, if you're feeling a little edgy, <laughs> let's go back in time to pre or you know postcode or haze code hollywood and watch a film that's probably more offensive than anything you'll see in a theater today um outside of morpheus yeah and you know if if, uh you're not a fan of noir or western uh don't worry what are you doing yeah what are you doing i will be reading this book and going i i'll tell you this i'll give you a hint next week if i continue with this the director had an eye patch in his profile picture love it so get ready should i should i play the the stinger on the way out too Let's hear it one more time. One more time. All right, here we go. When you boil it all down, what does a man really need? Just a smoke and a cup of coffee. It's pretty good. Oh, dude. (laughs) It's so dumb. (laughs) I got a clip coming later today, too, that nobody will care for, I'm sure, but that's a tease. (laughs) Oh, man. You don't. You got anything else? You got any other secret segments over there, Dave? No. All right, Randy Michael. Yes, sir. That's me. The floor is yours, madam. All righty. I haven't been doing too much uh, movie watching this week, uh, but I what did go. What the fuck you been doing? <laughs> well, I uh, was writing some some tunes earlier in this week, oh, and uh, mm-hmm. I've just been tweaking that and remixing it and re-exporting it and being very ADD about how it sounds. Uh, I'll send it to you guys. Oh, cool. Baiting and skating, dude. Hell yeah. But uh, besides that, I have been checking out the Buried Alive Film Festival here in Atlanta in the Little Five Points neighborhood, which is about a 20-ish minute walk from where I am. So uh, I went out there on Thursday, um, which was the opening night of the festival. Now, Randy, real quick, is this Buried Alive, you said, right? Is that traditional spelling or is this uh, happening... Taking place at a blueberry farm or something in traditional spelling, okay, and uh, it has all of its um, vowels and consonants. There's no, uh, they're not getting cute. Okay, yeah, yeah. none I'm of that. that. Analog, baby. But yeah, it's like a uh, you know independent uh, horror festival. There is mostly uh, shorts blocks, uh, so there's a ton of shorts at the festival. Uh, Thursday night was actually what they call the cinema challenge, spelt with an S. Um, so essentially it is a bunch of local filmmakers. It sounds kind of like, I think Jusati's talked about it before, uh, the 48 like hour film, Mm -hmm. uh, thing. Um, but they essentially give, uh, groups of people 13 days to make a horror short. And it sounds like they choose like topics out of like a a jar or something. (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, the uh, the Thursday uh, was essentially all the people, all the teams came together and showed their movies. Uh, so very uh, local audience, and then people just voted. There was ballots and everything, and they did the awards for that and everything. And yeah, it was a, uh, it was good. It was fun. It's pretty good. Pretty good looking shorts here. You know, it's a film city, so uh, I think a lot of the people are like, you know, editors or effects people that like do you know, Walking Dead or whatever the hell else films out here uh, constantly now all the time. So, yeah. So there's a lot of like really good looking stuff. Um, So that was Thursday night, Friday. uh, I saw a bunch of shorts that started at seven. And then one of the features that showed was a found footage film, which you may hear about later in the coming weeks. Uh, This was the U.S. premiere of a film called Doister, uh, where three students film a documentary about Johannes Doister, Antwerp's 17th century executioner. This is their footage. It was pretty good. It was uh, creepy. I did get a little sleepy during it, but that's just because it started at 9 p.m. and that's when I go to bed. Wow. Usually. Randy, I'm very proud of you for going out to this, by the way. Yeah, I did not meet anybody um, <laughs> for the most part. You beat me um, to it, dude. I did eat very good Greek food uh, next door. Oh, ah. I had a falafel. A fa- Man, falafel sucks, dude. Falafel can be very bad, but when it's good, it's good. It tastes like fucking dried up hockey pucks. Nah, dude. If it's, <laughs> if it's, good, if it's good, it's not too dry. Yes. But uh, yeah, that was Friday night. I did not go today, which is Sunday, but... Um, Last night, I went and saw another uh, pretty long shorts block, which started at two. Again, a lot of good stuff. There is, you know, a lot of local stuff. There is foreign stuff. There's animated shorts. There's, yeah, just a whole a whole slew of things. There was a couple uh, found footage shorts over the um, Thursday and Friday blocks. But um, what I wanted to see most was uh, Chris LaMartina's new uh, or new-ish movie called What Happens Next Will Scare You, which started at four. Uh, he did the WNUF Halloween special. We talked to him here on an episode that I don't have the number four. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was very fun too. Uh, I really liked WNUF. I think that was the that was the first year, yeah? Yes, correct. Of yep. The only year that I actually worked at the festival and then I quit like a coward. <laughs> But yeah, that was very fun. Uh, there was We're a good envious of you. <laughs> there was a very good animated short that got like really trippy called uh, "Ghost Dogs." That was very fun. Forrest Whitaker show up. Uh, yeah, animated Forrest Whitaker's in it. Love it. And then yesterday, uh, yeah, more shorts. And then the feature that they showed was a film called "Calamity of Snakes." which is the uh, world premiere, apparently, of the newly remastered uh, cut of this movie from Unearthed Films. Dude, I was so... Um, I wanted to see that hella bad. Was really? Byro, Was he there? No, he wasn't there. Okay. Um, about that. Plot of the film, uh, after a businessman kills thousands of snakes in a pit where they're building a new apartment building, the people living there soon become attacked by thousands of snakes as vengeance. It definitely... Uh, lives up to its title. I will say it didn't, you know, it didn't really bug me, but uh, for people that want to see it, there is a lot of actual snake death in it. <laughs> uh, oh. I think it was like a cat three film. Um, yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. so there's real snake death. Yeah. Yeah. It's category three, baby Hong Kong when it was free. 
Yeah. In the beginning, like 10 minutes or so, when they kill the thousands of snakes that they see <laughs> in this pit where they want to put up um, apartment complexes, there's like, it felt almost gratuitous, like a very long scene of like big, like bulldozers and stuff, like going in and like crushing snakes and like people with like, uh, working tools, shovels and stuff, like just <laughs> bashing them. Yeah. <laughs> a man who's done no physical labor ever working tools. <laughs> but yeah, besides that, it was, uh, it was wild. <laughs> and then, uh, today they had more shorts and then they did a, uh, a block of films by Brian Lanano, which I did not get to go to. I, uh, well, we were going to do this podcast earlier, so I technically could have gone, but I also wanted a, uh, a day to kind of just chill and I had to go grocery shopping and do laundry and all that boring stuff. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it was very fun. It was a, it was a cool festival. I'm glad I went, um, you know, I'm not the horror aficionado of this podcast necessarily, but it was very fun. They do a, a, a good festival and it was a cool location. Good deal, man. I booking a bunch of shorts. I don't know how I like feel about that. I mean, it's cool. Now, when you're doing a film fest, the, the cool thing about short films is usually it's uh, short films are really what you're trying to network with. So a lot of the filmmakers come out and if you have a lot of them, it's a great way to meet other filmmakers. Yeah. But I don't know. We're in such a niche genre that a lot of shorts that we would show go right to the Internet. That yeah. And also we're yeah. we're feast or famine with shorts. Yeah, pretty much. And this year it was famine. Yeah, we didn't. We did not get a lot of short. We got submission. more features. Yeah, which was wow. weird. It was weird, but I mean, uh, it's good. But yeah, I don't know. Programming a lot of shorts. That's um, that's got to be a lot of fun. You probably have a lot of people there who are just, they, you know, they've got a five minute obligation kind of to be there with their short, and then they're there to hang out. Yeah. So that's probably like a good party atmosphere. And then the bonus, you get to put down your Bible and go watch a forklift destroy a bunch of snakes. <laughs> yeah. Clark, I'm, Clark looked horrified down. while you were saying that. I but don't he, love it. You hate snakes, though. I hate snakes. I don't want to see them die for no reason. But that's fair. I mean, uh, unless, unless they have procured... <laughs> A bunch of snakes that bit children. <laughs> I am. <laughs> then dude, I'm down. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Okay. All then these, I sign off on that. There was a snake prison that was getting shut down, and they're like, you know, yes, are we all. <laughs> if they if they went to snake death row, they kept getting out of the electric chair that the harnesses <laughs> wouldn't hold them down. So they said, we, we got and they slid her out of the chair every time. Like, Let's just dig a pit. And hey, grab some <laughs> of them working tools in the corner. <laughs> Yeah, and honestly, so I'm imagining the plot of that movie has to do with people getting punished for killing snakes afterwards, right? Pretty much, yeah. It's essentially like a haunted house movie, I guess you would say. But haunted like, by snakes. With a snake pit. Yeah, and there are a ton of snakes that come into the apartment complex, too. It's actually kind of impressive. Damn. I mean, uh, I'm getting visions of arachnophobia, which... Uh, kind of solidified the horror i still have in my heart for spiders even today really dude have you watched arachnophobia i think i saw part of it when i was young but i haven't fully watched it well there there's imagery in that movie of just spiders everywhere like you know like in gummo when you move a, a picture frame in that one house and there's just cockroaches everywhere um 
It's like that, but there's spiders and they're supposed to be able to jump. Also, it's a slasher movie. Also, it ends with the family moving to San Francisco and realizing, oh, "Oh, spider hell was worse or better than uh, the earthquake hell that is California. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. Arachnophobia is cool. I'm bummed, Randy. I, you know, uh, we found out about the festival late, but. Man, I'd like to imagine that in the metaverse, <laughs> there's a uh, dimension where I hung out with you this weekend, and, yeah. we, and we watched snakes get killed by. And working you had doors. hot dog fingers. Yeah, we had hot dog fingers. <laughs> Randy doesn't get it because he doesn't watch film. He goes to fuck to use. I heard about it. Now nah, you 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 go to horror festivals, dude. You watch lowbrow garbage. <laughs> that's not true. The next film I saw is very highbrow. I actually don't know if that's true or not, but. <laughs> I oh, finally got- watched the uh, very first Dogma 95 film called The Celebration by Thomas Vinterberg. Ooh. If you don't know what Dogma 95 is, you probably haven't listened to this podcast where we've talked about it a million times. <laughs> you had never seen The Celebration? I'd never seen it, no. It's uh, on Criterion channel now, and Criterion oh, also really? put out a Blu-ray of it, which looks very nice. I haven't uh, procured it yet, but it looks cool. I watched, this, <laughs> I watched this Monday night because, I don't know, I wanted to start my week off with something punishing, I guess. Hell yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty brutal. It's, you know, it takes place at a 60th birthday party uh, for this respected businessman and kind of like this patriarch of this family. And uh, things go bad. It's very awkward. There's uh, a, lot of, a lot of bad stuff that happens. It's not a... Uh, not a feel good movie, but uh, yeah, it was shot on mini DV or whatever, and uh, you know, not not a lot of uh, it follows all the Dogma ninety five stuff for most of it. It seems like I don't know if he breaks too many of the rules, but you know, it's very uh, like low quality image, but um, the writing and everything is is t- intense, and um, yeah, it's it's a little rough. I did get also a little sleepy during this because I also. T- Started it too late for a person that falls asleep at 9 p.m. But the main reason that I wanted to uh, talk about this today is because the next morning I woke up, refreshed my podcast feed, and uh, I started listening to a podcast that has some um, local to uh, the East Bay people on it. And um, this is what I heard. This is more along the lines of the dogma filmmakers of the 1995. Which segues to Lars von Trier. Dogma 69. That is from the Workaholics podcast. This is important where they were talking about um, porno and essentially it went into Dogma 95 and uh, very, I don't know, it was very coincidental that that came up the next morning in my podcast feed. So very fun. And uh, for the record, Randy played that clip. I think that's the first clip you've ever played. I think so, yeah. Wow. Also, dude, you listen to the workaholics. <laughs> I wasn't gonna mention. <laughs> They're funny. You got to represent Concord, dude. I went to school or went to community college in Concord, Pleasant Hill, technically, yeah. but got to represent. Okay. Wow, your highbrow just got a fucking piercing, dude. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you brought it down, <laughs> dude. I, uh, I I highly enjoyed the show Workaholics. Watching it later in life rather than when it was airing. I mean, I watched it a little bit when it was airing, but it's still funny. You know, I didn't get it for a long time. And then somebody's like, what do you mean? It's real life Beavis and Butthead. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. And then I liked it. Because yeah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> for workplace comedies, I prefer your pretty face is going to hell. Okay. Yeah, that is up more. 
Let's so go. I just had a stroke. Let's I'm get- sorry. <laughs> and the tone. Oh, God. All right. I'm back. All right, Randall. Anything else? That's all I got. All right. Good shit this week, baby. All right. <laughs> what did you eat before the show? What the hell no, happened? I'm starving right now. Are you? Yeah, I'm very hungry. I thought you were eating like a uh, tub and chips or whatever. No, I made I made a fresh uh, pimento and cheese today. Oh my god, dude! I eat that every <laughs> god, day. I, I it's know. like the only thing I eat is cheese, and I'm losing weight. <laughs> it's crazy. What is your? I'm not gonna ask. Well, celery. I eat a lot of celery with it. What? Yeah. What are you a rabbit, dude? I'm telling you, I'm fucking. It's it's crazy. Impressive. I bought some celery today. All right, Oksana, you want to jump in here? I also enjoy celery. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> here again. I know we're on a tangent, but I don't like ordering wings, and when I do, you know, I I like getting French fries with them. Oksana will sub out a fucking side no, of edible food wrong. and get celery. <laughs> no, you do wrong. And it's when like you who order from Wingstop? That's just part of it no it's i've the, heard her she's like she's like we don't need the fries Just the give ve- us- you get well you can get the veggie stuff you can get carrot sticks you can get celery yeah. you can get tampons she's like can i get <laughs> can i get my water in a cage feeder <laughs> while we <laughs> wait <Stupid. laughs> sawdust god who nobody and they give you like it's like clearly nobody's ordering the shit because they give you a tub of it they dump the celery on there i hate it i'm back on celery yeah i, I don't peanut know butter on there or what <laughs> you going ants on a log, bro? I typically just go, you know, my pimento or my hummus. Okay, I'm sorry. Digress out of this. Help. <laughs> well, okay. let me tell you right now. The film I got to talk about is really not going to help a whole lot. For whatever reason, I, just like Randy, I also wanted to start my week off on a bad note. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched Kenneth Branagh's Death on the Nile. Now, this is something I I debated. I was going to go see this theatrically because I hate myself. (laughs) (laughs) This thing stinks. It's two hours. It feels... Now, I had to look it up. It says that they filmed it in Egypt. That's cool. (laughs) But I guess they filmed it on a... Uh, sound stage yeah sound stage oh. in egypt so you're saying you're not walking like an egyptian <laughs> you've never heard the song before have you what are you talking about what was that ding 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 that video is so dumb got like construction workers going like this it's fucking cool dude Oh, dude, you can't walk like Egyptians anymore, dude. <laughs> um, God, I wished all the Egyptians walked right into the Nile and died because this thing fucking stinks. Here's the thing. We've talked about Army Hammer on the show a lot. <laughs> and if you remember, uh, Army Hammer uh, wanted to eat his girlfriend and we read all of those text messages. Army Hammer is in this movie. Oh, really? Yes. Also, if you go to IMDb, boy, do they try to hide Army Hammer being in this, and he's the fucking lead of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am, you know, look, I I liked Army Hammer. You know, I don't know. There's something about him. Uh, but I'm I'm glad to say that I have been uh, ar- honorably discharged from the <laughs> Army Hammer. <laughs> um, boy, this thing. Here's the thing: if you cast Army Hammer in a movie, guys, you know he's going to be the bad guy. 
So it's just we've got we've got three acts to stumble through, knowing that Army Hammer did it. Am I spoiling this movie? Oh my yes, god! Yes, I'm doing <laughs> you a favor. My god, a favor. You're welcome. Do you? Okay, it's Agatha Christie. Agatha they Christie. read this to the three-year-olds. <laughs> Here's the thing. Y'all complain about movies being spoiled on here, and whenever you do, you say, y'all spoiled. Don't lump me in with him. He's a fucking maniac. He does it. He doesn't warn anybody. And then we all have a shocked look on our face. Like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? What movies have I spoiled? <sighs> You're right. I can't think of any. Exactly. Yeah. Wild Indian. <laughs> <laughs> Death well, on the Nile will get no bleeps from me, though. Okay, did you bleep last week? I he, did. He bleeped it. Oh, you worked him out too much. It he, was a cool bleep. Also, I remember saying the word like three times. I think you edited that whole thing out. I did, yeah. No, no, it wasn't three times. You said it over and over and over and over oh, and over like, and over. Alligator, 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 alligator. Yeah. Does that count? Are you going to bleep no. that? Okay. <laughs> it's out of context. Like Joe Rogan. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn. Hit a stinger. Hit something. First walk like an Egyptian. Now this. Oh, we're done. Ding, 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 ding. I mean, look, there's nothing to say here. Uh, you know, Kenneth Branagh, let's talk about him for a minute. You know, I, All right, I'm starting the timer. I, I tried to go through it a few weeks ago when we talked about his uh, abomination of uh, Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. That actually I didn't hate. Um, it's not good, but it's interesting, at least. There's nothing interesting here. His character is bad. The writing is bad. The jokes are non-existent. He's supposed to be, you know, Poroy. Po po Poroy, what what do you how you say? I don't know. Poirot. Poirot. That's it. Ross Perot. I'm dumb. Yes, Ross Perot. He <laughs> plays Ross Perot. So essentially, the movie opens up more War One, and he gets his face blown up by a grenade. <laughs> and he's in love with this girl, and he's like, I'm ugly. I'm going to be the world's greatest detective. Goodbye. And so he leaves, and she's like, well, you better grow a mustache. <laughs> and so he grows the world's... Can we pull it up? Can you pull it up? Can oh, uh my God fucking just if type in <sighs> kenneth Branagh sucks mustache <laughs> stupid <laughs> i'll try it's, and find it's it. got so he's got like wings below it so he's got his top layer of his mustache and then the bottom are like an accompanying wings where you have a double layer of mustache oh yeah that's bad <laughs> i hate it so much yeah that's it's yeah that's really annoying Yes. Again, we uh, are catching up on YouTube, so if you want to watch all this cool play-by-play as we look at videos, <laughs> uh, we have that for you on YouTube. Brandon, do you see do you see Brana's mustache? I do. It's pretty bad. It's not good. Three stars. It looks like a king king rat died on his upper lip. <laughs> <laughs> I heard he was sporting that when he directed all of Belfast. Oh god! It looks like a tarantula spreading his legs and about to get fucked. Rat king. God damn it. I ruined the fucking this bit. Horrible. I knew what you were talking about, baby. Uh, Death of the Nile is <laughs> terrible. Uh, Army Hammer did it. <laughs> <laughs> he kills Wonder Woman. Um, it's boring. Uh, there's returning characters from the Murder on the Orient Express. Ooh. No one cares. We don't say that word anymore. 
I didn't say Oriental <laughs> Express. Thank you very much. You can refer to it as the Orient. It is still the Orient, but you cannot refer to the residents as Orientals. You refer to rugs as Orientals. Oh. Thank you Ooh, so much. You brought that bit back, bro. You know me, W. <laughs> I'm 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 uh, SJW Magoo over here. That, that's a line you wrote for Creepy Clark, right? Who was that on the? <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that name three times either. All right, let's talk about the film. That, frankly, I'm I'm surprised that we we got everybody on board to watch this thing, um, except for Randy because he lives in an area that sucks. Opens Thursday. Yeah. Wait. Why? I don't get it. Why Why did it not open in Atlanta? It's probably like New York, LA, yeah. San Francisco, which happens a lot. Wow. We come before Atlanta? Hell yeah. yeah. Why? Recognize. <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all at once. Directed by Daniel Scheinart and Dan, Dan Kwan. Why, they, okay, why is he listed as Dan Kwan? But when they're, he's with the other Daniel, they go by Daniels. Make a decision. All right, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Threw you a curveball. Um, of course, this is the tag team duo for my favorite film, Swiss Army Man. <laughs> so, boy, have I been waiting on this one for years. We still got the one sheet. We can hang it up. When the trailer came out for this, I was exhausted immediately. It <laughs> just seemed like there's too much going on. It's too cute. I don't care. Then... I watched the trailer for the fourth time because it was just... All the time, yeah. Yeah, you're just surrounded by it. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm in. And uh, so we watched it at the Alamo on... uh, When did we go? Thursday? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Runtime, two hours, 19 minutes. (laughs) Let's start here. Uh, This film is a lot. There's a lot of things going on. I think it absolutely warrants its two-hour and 19-minute runtime. I did not feel the runtime at all, frankly, because there's so much going on here. Uh, but let's talk about what is happening. What is happening is a completely unexpected surprise to me. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, this thing made me cry twice. <laughs> I, w- I wanted to cheer. Yeah. I was, it made me happy. It made me sad. It hit all the notes here. Do you see what Mike Flanagan wrote on Twitter? No. It says one of his favorite movies of all time. Um, I get it because here's, here's the reason why I, I want to champion this film as much as I can. My experience was incredible. And I think that my experience was incredible because I saw it at an incredible venue. Um, with uh, the best screen, the best projection, the best sound that is available to anyone on the planet. We did that. And this film was specifically made for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, naturally, I imagine that many people are going to see this at home. I don't know what the VOD release is, uh, but, you know, I'm sure people are going to wait for rentals and things like that. Go, Go to a theater. Go to a theater because, you know, this is one of the... This is one of the reasons to kind of help get behind what A24 is doing. Because A24 is pushing this out the theater. And people need to see this. Um, this is because you're going to get the best experience possible 
theatrically. There's no question about that at all. And I think that when you break down the film, you see there were seven people, seven people did the special effects on this thing. Damn. That's insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. So when, and because, look, yeah, I've got my own problems with Swiss Army Man. That's another subject for another day. Um, I couldn't love this more. And frankly, like I'm proud that things like this are happening. I'm I this makes me uh, happy for film in the future. Um, it gives me a little bit of hope that things are still um, so much time and effort and care has gone into this. And when you watch every single frame of this, you feel that. And so, you know, as a person who appreciates, you know, film and art and all that bullshit, um, <laughs> I was just, I was just happy to be in a room seeing people who gave a shit. And that's what this film was. Um, and uh, Data, your boy Data brought it. Pronounce his name. Let's I think go. it's Kihu Kwan. Yep. Yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah, he, uh, Michelle Yeoh, man almighty. This cast, James Hong, uh, Randy, um, if you remember the episode of Seinfeld, the Chinese restaurant, caught right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. him. He plays the grandfather and he, he looks familiar for sure. Crush it. Well, he's been in like 9,000 movies. Yeah. If, also, d- now that I'm looking at IMDb, are you looking at all the character names on here? Waymond Wong, Gong Gong, Big Nose, Chad, Rick, like, the thing is, uh, when you're talking about the Daniels, I also really fucking hated Swiss Army Man. Yeah. But you can tell how that movie didn't work, but it's still the same filmmakers, like the humor's there and every, like special effects. Just this movie, just like, it, it worked. Like, worked. R- like the script is just like right there. It's very self-aware. It's very artful, uh, despite having a huge budget. At least it feels like it did. Yeah. And um, I think when we were done, we were talking about how this is the rare occasion when art and commerce like meet and they both just work. And uh, I, I really liked it. But man, uh, unlike you, I did not cry because I fought it. I fought it hard. When? What part? Uh, well, in the ooh, end of the second act into the third. Rocks? Uh, the rocks. The rocks got me, man. I, yeah, I know the rocks got you. The rocks I, got me. The whole family angle and everything. I just, you know, um, uh, don't spoil it. Fuck you. No, I said rocks. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm yelling at our listeners who I'm assuming are yelling yeah, at me. Chris Rock made him cry, and uh, the thing is, I I just straight up fought it, and then in the third act we get very cute, and I was kind of I felt. I had this weird moment where in my head, I'm like, is this what people who don't like horror movies feel like when it's like we're in the horror? Because we were in like the Hallmark card and I felt trapped and I was like, let me out of here. But not because it was bad, but just because I'm like, I am fighting these emotions and I feel trapped, like literally. Yeah. And then I'm like, I, I mean, the, the film is great. Honestly, uh, I... Nor- well, because, yes, because honestly, you know, yes, we, we're dealing with a family dynamic here. Yeah. And also, the theme of the film is just kindness. Well, I think the theme of the film is just uh, you kind of create your, your own reality. And perspective can, like, ruin your life. And, like, you know, it doesn't take much to change that. And I also think that uh, it works visually. And like as far as the script, 
dude, they do some wacky shit in this movie that you see coming, but like, I, I hate to say it, but I was here for it. There were some good jokes. I really liked it. Was, dude, it's funny. The the 2001 homage was great. Yeah. I uh, was very excited for that. That was very good. Um, But again, I, I'm not a huge like kung fu dude. I, I enjoy the films. But like when you get lazy choreography, I really, it, it bores me. And in this film, dude, I felt like... Uh, it was it was fresh and interesting all the time. It felt like the raid at times, dude. And fucking uh, our boy Data Short Round, he was crushing it, man. So he, good, <laughs> you know. There's so when we saw what was um and uh, uh, and uh, Michelle Yeoh. Well, what the hell was that action movie from Australia that was from one of the writers of like Saw? I'm trying to throw. It was um Death Sentence. No, it's a newish film, Malignant. Oh, what's his? Yeah, you met him. You took a damn picture with him that night. Oh, Lee Winnell. Yeah, Lee Winnell. What was his movie? Upgrade. Upgrade. I always forget uh, that name. Yeah. For I know. Reason. I couldn't remember it. So, an up upgrade. Uh, that film had fresh choreography, and he talked about it. And he's like, you know, one of the things when I came to this film, um, this is Lee Winnell talking now. He's like, I really borrowed from Terminator, and he's like, you know, no one gives Arnold any credit. But if you don't buy Arnold as a robot, like coming in and out of it, the movie doesn't work. Yeah. And I always think about that now because an upgrade, it's very important. And in this mm -hmm. movie, dude, fucking short round out here, he would like snap in and out and have different body language, a different way of delivering lines. And I just believed it. And I almost felt dumb because it felt like a little kid where I'm just like, oh, shit. Hadn't been in the film in 19 years. Dude, I know. And also, you know, I've, I've taken a, a couple of podcasts that covered this. Everybody is like, you know, it's good to see him come back because he was really a prisoner of a stereotype back in the day. And I'm like, y'all, you know, I, I really think it's just like with film. If you look at a movie like Temple of Doom and you see Short Round and all you see is like a racist caricature, I think there's something going on in you. Because when I watched it, even with Goonies, you know, like Data, because he gets a bunch of shit for it. Like Spielberg. They're just like, oh, look how fucking... You know, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be fucking Data. Yeah. I wasn't thinking like, oh, look at this dumb Asian kid. I was like, he's fucking cool because he had gadgets and shit. So I don't know. I, I get I get bummed out for people who like, they can't move on past that. Yeah. And what a hell of a return. Dude, he fucking crushed it. And fuck y'all, the, these stereotype weirdos out there who are just like, oh, you know, his whole career was uh, steeped in racism. It's good to see that he can come out and have an Asian heritage. Fuck you. Who talks like that? <laughs> I just. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Have you all listened to any podcasts to talk about this movie? No. Not yet. No. God. It's so like. I don't know. I, I think like the the white guilt is rotten people from the inside. And all they do is talk about race now. It's a fucking bummer. And now I'm doing it on this show. So I apologize. Well, <laughs> let's talk about the other people. We got uh, we got Biff Whiff in there. Yeah. What is he from? Too many cooks? I think you should leave. <laughs> yeah. He plays Santa Claus. He was Santa. Yeah, that's right. Also, he's also in Dave. My favorite, uh, who I didn't know was in this, was Jenny Slate. Randy. From the your, Kroll uh, Show. Your girl, Jenny Slate, crushes it. She was great. Does she? Nice. She's great. I, cool. I loved her in it. But I, get, I know. I don't, you got Aquafina in here, too, apparently? Dude. Do we? I don't think Aquafina's Aquafina's not here. 
No, dude, we got fucking. Maybe that happened when I clicked on an actor and it did a uh, related. Yeah, no, okay, Randy, bro, who's the racist? Uh, now? No, who's spreading the Google. fake news? Oh, uh, uh, Rogan's boy over here, right? <laughs> <laughs> also, how good was Jamie Lee Curtis? I, you know, I, I have a weird relationship with her now with the like new Halloween movies. Yeah. Oh man, she was so good in this movie. So good, and she, you know, it's like. I, I, the whole time I kept thinking there are no small roles, just small actors, because her character could have been kind of forgettable or like robotic. Dude, what? A, actually, the whole movie, everybody had range. Well, you had to. Yeah. You had to. I hadn't thought about and that. And everyone pulled it off. Truly, this thing, uh, I mean, honestly, you know, watching this, yes, I was enjoying the whole thing, but also in the back of my mind, I was like, God, the organization of getting all this shit together is just it sounds like a nightmare. The, a, a logistical nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Um, but man, go out and see it. Um, I, I, I could not uh, give higher price. Would you rate it? I don't rate anymore. Oh, I'm what, trying not to. Do it, Randy, three and a half. <laughs> That's right. I might have to go see it at an AMC this week. Which you know, it was playing elsewhere, but if, it'll be all if, right. If, is it going to be in the... Uh, if you can do it in a Dolby or an IMAX, I would recommend you do that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll see if that's available. Do, do you have some Dolby... Do they do Dolby's out there? Because I don't know <laughs> that they do the Dolby at the uh, AMC. Uh, it doesn't look like it's listed, but there will probably be more screenings uh, like Wednesday or whatever. Okay. Well, you'll probably get at the Plaza, huh? It's not on there coming soon, actually, which I'm surprised. Oh, shit. But maybe. Controversy at the Plaza in Atlanta. We got okay. Memoria coming soon, though. I'm sorry? What is that? Memoria, Tilda Swinton. It's the new A Peach Pong film. Peach Pong? A Peach Pong Warasethical, I think, is his name. He also goes by <laughs> Joe. Pokemon? <laughs> He did Uncle Boon Me, who can recall his past oh. lives, if you've seen oh, that. Oh, all right. I remember Uncle Boo Boo. <laughs> I just want to hear Randy say his name all the time. He said it with such confidence. I know. Randy, give that to me one more time. I think it's a peach pong war ethical. <laughs> I could be wrong, though. Can I am a gringo. That? I, I, that, I love that so much. Oh, yeah. So if anybody out there listening wants to pull that audio <laughs> clip and send it to us, please do. You know, also, but for my noir segment, I threw it out there and I let people do it. Honestly, you know, I just realized I don't, I'm not logged into our email. I am. Okay, good. Can you share that with me? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. A peach pong. Take us home. Um, yeah, I have movies to talk about. Uh, so... Uh, earlier, I mentioned on our Friday night drag race party where uh, Terrell and his uh, boyfriend Andy come over and we hang out and watch drag race. We had planned about uh, we we had talked about briefly going to see Morbius, and um, that day after I got out of work, I the first thing I I called Oksana on the drive home and I said I'm not going to see fucking Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> I was so tired, and I'm like I want to. But I want to go home and change, and I don't want to double change. So I came home. I was committed. I said, I'm getting in fucking pajamas, and I'm just watching Drag Race tonight. And then uh, I got a lot of guilt for it, and Terrell was like, I knew you didn't want to go. We're going to go anyway. Whatever. I'll text him and tell him. I said, fine. Let's go see it. And then he was like, no. Anyway, long story short, we ended up watching Scream Legacy, which is a fan film. Now, 
fan films, uh, there's a lot of them when it comes to slasher franchises. And it's because, you know, the franchises are really, they're run by the fan base and everybody's got their own opinions about them. And for the most part, they're, they range from good to completely unwatchable. And I have my own biases when it comes to like a fan film. One of the main thing is I hate it when actors are uh, embodying roles from the franchise. Like, like say you're going to do nightmare on Elm street and one of your buddies is going to play Heather. It's, it's just an obstacle that is too hard for me to get by. Like I, like I feel I'm pretty good at getting immersed in films that are like inimmersible. <laughs> And I have, I, I, I can't do it. Yeah, I can't do it whenever we're recasting like that. So I told Terrell, I'm like, you know what? I ruined your, your Morbius plans. Let's go ahead. Let's watch it. I'm down. <laughs> Morbius. He also told me it was only an hour long. I'm like, even better. And uh, that we would have cocktails. So I'm like, Dude, this is perfect. Why were we ever going to go watch Jared Leto? And, um, you know, I'll, I'll read the synopsis from IMDb. Uh, which reads as such in this fan film set 22 years after scream three, the daughter of Sydney Prescott returns to Woodsboro and is terrorized by a new ghost face killer. The thing is, Hey, good job, man. Good job writing a script that did. It doesn't involve any of the other characters, but it also could work. And I could see a, um, requel kind of doing something like this. And you know what? This is probably the best fan film I've ever watched. And I'm not saying it's great and that you should get excited and go out there. But hey, this is completely watchable. They do a good job. So uh, it's Sidney Prescott's kid. Yeah. Who's the daddy, Billy? Oh, my God. Oh, maybe it's a twist. <laughs> a twist? Um, and twins? So there's a couple of things that you have to get right. And Ghostface voice is one of them. It's not perfect, but it's fucking close. And uh, I, it's an easy passable Can I, can I try it? Can yeah. I try it? <clears throat> Do you like scary oh movies, bitch? I'm gonna cut your mic. <laughs> that was fucking embarrassing. I should have locked you out of this goddamn room when you went the to the bathroom. <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie? Oh my god. Are you done? You want more? No. <laughs> Definitely don't. Um yeah, dude, it, I, this I you know, I don't have a lot to say about it. I definitely think people should go watch it. It's um low entry to get in. It's free on YouTube and uh they fucking did it. And I've watched a, it's embarrassing to say. I've watched a lot of Star Wars and like Friday the 13th and you know, just every all the shit I'm into, they make fan films. This by far had the best production. It's completely watchable. It looks like a real film, which is even weird to say now. I mean, we do a fucking found footage film fest. The <laughs> thing is, they're they're aiming to copy like Miramax and shit and like New Line Cinema, and they did it. The only thing, the writing isn't all there. Some of the line delivery, and especially when you're dealing with fucking Scream, it's a witty script they, they work with. And so is it only available on YouTube? Yeah, it's only YouTube. You can't make any money off of these projects, How otherwise you could get shut down. I think it's over 200000 which is a lot. And I, you know, to the credit of the film. So Scream Legacy, go check that out. It's an hour, five minutes. Honestly, I got kind of buzzed while watching it. Uh, Terrell was bummed because he loves people to like really dive into these and try and guess the killer. And all I wanted to do was like riff and have fun. And I did. And he, he did not. <laughs> Can you vouch for me there? Yeah. Also, what did you think about this song? Did you like it? So I think what you're trying to articulate is that it looked like it had a really, like a 
decent budget because it didn't look cheap. I didn't. No, and you know, um, if you're a fan of scary thoughts like I am, they always talk about premium mediocrity. Are you a fan of scary movies? <laughs> <laughs> scary thoughts. Are you a fan of scary thoughts? There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I and I, it is. I mean, these. It feels like these people aren't like actually actors, or I mean, there's some shit in there, like uh, because Sydney's supposed to be a family member. There are framed photos of her that are clearly printed off the internet. <laughs> like everybody in the family uh, on the mantle is a headshot because you know, they don't have actual pictures of them. It, I don't know. That kind of shit is cute. I liked it. Uh, let's move on. Oh man, what was it yesterday while I was playing D and D? And my phone was blowing up. I apologize. I'll call all you back. I swear. Um, I got a, a G chat from one of our programmers over at the Unnamed Footage Festival 5. Our good friend, uh, listener Sam. Because that's how we communicate. I did it. Through G chat. <laughs> and he said, hey, man, um, have you seen Jennifer Reader's new movie? And I was like, uh, excuse me? She's got a new movie out? He said, yeah, dude, it's on Shudder. It's a haunted house movie. And uh, I mean, I assume everybody should know Jennifer Reeder. But um, Knives and Skin was the movie that put her on our radar. Fantastic film. Go watch it. Also, she did the wraparound segment in VHS 94, which I did not like. So I'm like, dude, uh, you know, she's one of those filmmakers. I'll watch whatever she's putting out. So today, before we recorded, I threw it on. And... um, yeah, night's end. Um, an anxious shut-in moves into a haunted ha- a haunted apartment, hiring a stranger to perform an exorcism, which quickly takes a horrific turn. Um, I'm gonna say that the the quick sell on night's end is that it's Ty West, the innkeepers, meets uh, the Collingwood story. Like, if you could combine those two, that's this movie in a nutshell. Do, do you think that's fair? I regret asking you. (laughs) Now, half this movie is in world camera as our uh, protagonist, who is a black fella for all you race baiters out there, which is a little important because whenever we're dealing with uh, white people shit, as Terrell would call it, we we enter in. (laughs) So, okay, while we're talking about white people shit in horror movies, um, hell yeah, the alien report, which we showed at a five. I had a fantastic conversation with Terrell about it, who it's a good movie. The alien report fucking rules. He could not wrap his fucking head around it. And it's one of those things where you're like, you know, Western culture, specifically like rural white people stuff. He just, it was, uh, it was akin to, to people trying to understand Tyler Perry who like just have no black friends or understand the culture at all. He was just like, what the fuck is that That's movie? That's not a fair assessment. Oh, it is. Everyone loves Tyler Perry. <laughs> Who's not going to get enjoyment out of Medea? She says turlet. Now, I know it's several people fun. who uh, pretend to love it, but you know, you watch a movie with them and they're not like laughing. I don't, it's all performative now. Just be real. And like, uh, we've watched movies with uh, Terrell, Tyler Perry films. And, <laughs> we watched Boo and, and it was boring. I mean, but there's stuff about like how to prepare. Boring collard greens and he's just like i used to do that when i was a kid and it's like i didn't i did i don't know it's cool and you know talking about alien report with him i feel like you could learn a lot so in this film we have a uh, black gentleman who's experiencing a haunting which you don't normally see um i'm gonna say go watch night's end because i'm just gonna talk at you about it for a little bit 
because I really enjoyed this movie. Again, it's half in-world camera because we're dealing with an agoraphobe and he does not leave his house. Actually, I was getting a lot of Clark vibes out of him. And everybody mean he's fucking sick. <laughs> he's dude. If I could just hang out in my apartment and have a body like that, dude, uh, I think more people would do it. <laughs> this guy's in great shape. All he does is he takes care of his plants. Uh, we open the movie where he's putting up newspaper over his windows and he's just fucking living life in his apartment. Um, again, this film goes where you would expect it to. We learn a lot of his backstory through conversations on the internet. He seems to only talk to people over Zoom. And um, he's also a vlogger. He's starting a YouTube channel. And it's uh, in the beginning, it's a wellness channel, like um, Healthy Living. And he's giving advice, which is um, one of my favorite things. Because, I mean, 10 minutes into this movie, you're already getting vibes of like, you're not, you're not healthy. Like, there's something wrong. There's something going on with you, dude. And the idea that he's on YouTube giving health advice, it's just, it's a little bit of an insight. Like, you know, you don't really know these people online. And it's performative. And one of the things I get a lot of flack for on this show is talking about mirrors and like the visual metaphor they have in film. Well, Jennifer Reeder did a beautiful thing in this where, you know, we just had Mike Costanza on and we're talking about um, people looking into their computer camera and constructing a conversation that way in every movie host control alt trick treat. It's always, you know, we're looking at a screen and then we just cut from screen to screen or everybody's on one in this one. When our lead is talking to somebody, he's shot on a camera to the right of the computer. And everybody he's talking to, we just see the computer monitor. And it gives this really interesting kind of like performative person and real. And it goes back and forth. And sometimes we'll see him through like YouTube lens or we'll see him on the side. And it really gives like a dynamic approach or kind of an insight to what he's thinking. Um. I call this movie, so one I should address critically, I do not think this movie is going over well. Do we have a Rotten Tomatoes pulled up for it? Sure. Now, Sam. 38. 38? But then 67 audience. It's, it's, it's Ooh, down there. The Kurt Schilling. Now, the reason I'm comparing it to the innkeepers is because we have that tone. There's a lot of empty. Oh, so it sucks? Uh, now, I love the innkeeper, and I know I'm one of the few. But it's got dry comedy, and there's a lot of nothing. And I think a lot of hauntings, like if you're somebody who thinks you're experiencing a ghost that's fucking with you, you probably got a lot of time, and you're thinking a lot. Sure. And you're, you're kind of creating this story in your head. And I don't think people got this movie. Now, there's also a character that I, uh, ha it has to make you think of Collingswood. Well, one, the ghost name is uh, Wellwood. Which that reminded me of the Blackwell ghost, which is like the highbrow cousin of Bad Ben. <laughs> and um, there's a character who his real life name, what, what's his name? Uh, Lawrence Grimm plays almost a modern version of the psychic in Collingswood, <laughs> where when they call into him, he's got candles all behind him. And he's kind of like a theatrical Satanist kind of dude. He's fucking fantastic. But I know. When people get into the second, the, the, the end half of the second act into the third act, this movie's losing them because it gets funny, but it also amps up the drama. And I think people just weren't here for it. 
they wanted they wanted this movie to tonally stay um very serious and I will answer any DMs if anybody wants to talk to me about this. I have a lot to say. I, I have a DM that I'm going to deliver oh verbally right now. <laughs> it, Russell, I know you. Mm-hmm. And I know you to be the sacred saint of Rotten Tomatoes. And what I mean by that is that you're a defender of the downtrodden. Oh, yeah. And... By virtue of that, I'm going to walk into this very carefully. Yeah. One could make the assessment that you are, it must stay easy, <laughs> a bit of a contrarian. Oh, yeah. Oh, I admit it. So do we think that we're in this territory now? Okay. Let me, let me give you one thing. I know you haven't seen the film yet, but when Correct. you watch it, um, there's stuff going on that isn't like completely obvious and i think part of the guy giving health advice uh even though he has like newspaper all over his window there's a uh thing going on in the background he's got plants everywhere right but they're all hooked up to artificial like light like they all have their own lamps and i don't know if they're thriving but they look healthy and there's this like there's a visual metaphor going on of the new kind of like post-covid I'm at home, but I'm doing what I need to do kind of lifestyle. And they never come out and say it in the movie, but it's, it's like what the movie is and mental health is a thing. And it's like, you can't live your life with relationships over zoom and, and UV lamps. Like you need to like live it. Like you can't, you can't settle for all these like, yeah. And I mean, Randy learned he went out to a film fest and I just don't think the movie spelled it out enough for people. Like you'll watch it now and you'll think I'm crazy. Like it's obvious, but the, like when we were driving, cause we, we went out earlier and uh, it had dawned on me. Like the plant thing is like pretty powerful. Um, but also this movie gets fucking goofy. And I, you, uh, I was so bummed. I was watching this movie. Uh, Clark had plans earlier today. So I was like, okay, I'm going to watch it. And I watched it downstairs in the theater and I knew, Right when I was at the like 10 minute mark, I'm like, this motherfucker is going to walk in the room. And I kept thinking, I, I even grabbed the mouse at one point because <laughs> we were streaming it from the laptop. I'm like, I, I should pause it now, like on a kind of like B-roll shot. And I didn't. I'm like, you know what? We're right there at the end. He's not going to walk in. You walked in like the last frame of the movie. And you're like, I won't change anything. Anybody who watches, who watches uh, Night's End. Let me know if you think walking in at the, the the very impactful end of this film would not change your first time watching. I saw the last 15 seconds. Yeah, but there's no context. It does. It changes there's the whole. That's it. Oh, my God. Randy, block that out. <laughs> Randy, I'm not joking. <laughs> Bleep that three out. Three days ago. I know. <laughs> Scott, I was planning on watching this, too. I Damn. Who cares? All right, I'm going to mute him. I'm going to mute him. Although, I don't know what a goblin means currently in the context of this movie (laughs) stop (laughs) all right nice jennifer reader you're a uh you know you're the type of filmmaker i want to see maybe not everything you make is for me but i'm always here for it that it was more elegant in my head how many stars oh i don't know i think i'm gonna give it four i think i'm gonna be a fucking i'm gonna be a dark horse here oh that reminds me um we had to decide on the name of my segment. Now, I really liked... Uh, Ombre dans le désert. 
I really like that one. God. <laughs> but I had trauma. I had another one. Do you want to hear that one? Sure. It's Chevelle Noir. It's just black horse, man. I understand it. Okay. Cheval Noir. Yeah. Cheval Noir. I, she's really hamming it up. Cheval Noir. She sounds like she's drunk and concussed. Yeah, Ambien, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Rosanda. So email us. What's the email? Uh, Randy will say it at the end of the episode. And uh, we got to pick a name for that. Segment. If Randy decides he's going to put the stinger at the end of this episode. Yeah, that's my bad. <laughs> it's on the Thursday one, just on the Tuesday. There we go. All right, anything else? No, do you really want more? How long have we been in here? Hour 30. Oh, it's not bad. All right. Oksana, take us home. Uh, so I have a secret mailbag. Oh, uh, shit. I Russell, will- take us home. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Oh, <laughs> no. You can't. Okay, uh, Oksana. I didn't even tell Russell about oh, it. Let's go again. Secret mailbag. <laughs> I was told to scold you guys for too much watch and dick pic talk last time so cut Ooh. it out well by who whom who, who's this coming from faithful lawyer uh lawyer faithful listener, lawyer listener of the show uh imprezia on instagram <sighs> wait, wait too much did, dick and watch talk what did we talk about dick, dick pics watches and dick pics we talked about oh, putting the watch around. around the dick and i asked if you put the balls in there too oh. or if it's just the dick <laughs> no that was good stuff we're waiting on a peabody for that oh. i well I, on the other hand, I am very um, aware of when I'm wrong, and I would just like to, <laughs> on behalf of the whole show, just wholeheartedly apologize. I'm so sorry. When I say Peabody, I mean that we're going <laughs> to get peed on by someone who is wearing a watch around their dick. Fuck you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Overlook Hour, and if you would like to hear more please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye. <laughs>